Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello and welcome to another episode of Friends with Friends. My name's Pete Allison and back from Australia is Dave Cribb. Ahoy hoy, how are we? I'm alright thanks, how are you? Good, How are your thank travels? You. Uh, I am, well I'm still incredibly jet lagged so at the time of recording right. it's what, half past five at the moment so uh, based on the average time I've fallen asleep over the past five days I might not make it to the end of the episode. So that's, uh, <laughs> okay. it's a real game of uh, game of chance today. Yeah, I, I just keep falling asleep in all like terrible situations. I fell asleep at dinner last night. I fell asleep in the theatre the night before. It's, um, yeah, I mean, you know, woe is me. I've been in Australia, but jet lag, not ideal. Um, shall we meet today's friend, Pete? How, how are you? Yes. No, sorry, hang on. That was very rude. How are you? Have you been in Australia? Oh, I'm you? fine. Don't worry about me. Let's crack on. You met Jane McDonald today. That's more I, exciting. I bloody did. Yes. And um, yes, yeah, she was wonderful. She yeah. was great. She got a newfound audience after I'm a Celeb. Well, this is the thing. Yes, she she has. She It's sort of the bit of the Jane McDonald renaissance since... Yeah. Um, I'd say in quite a flat series of I'm a Celebrity, she was one of the biggest talking points and she wasn't even there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. She wasn't in I'm a Celebrity. She's played that game so well. She's benefited from that audience without having to actually eat any bugs or, I mean, fly to Australia to tie it all back into a big circle. So there you go. Well, she'd she'd get a cruise there, wouldn't she? Yeah, of course she bloody would. (laughs) Uh, Should we meet today's friend, Pete? Yes, absolutely. No, I'm doubly excited. Uh... For two reasons, I mean that is what doubly means. So, I've, the jet lag is really affecting my speech and sort of brain functionality. So, I apologise to everybody in advance. So, here's the thing. So, today's guest is our first. We had we've had an MBE, and now we've got our first PhD. Yes, oh my goodness! But not in not the friend worthy. sense. Not pretty huge. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you know that's not the term. Just, but what it technically now, yeah. means. But in the friend sense, in the Ross Geller sense, isn't it? Uh, please uh, welcome to the podcast, uh, Dr. Ben Hine, who's a senior lecturer in psychology, specialising in gender psychology, and this becomes important for reasons that you will learn uh, in the next few minutes. Hi, yes, Ben. Absolutely. Hi. Sorry, Thank that was you. a very long-winded no, introduction. I loved every minute of it, and I uh, should just say I, I've just been explaining how absolutely beside myself I am with excitement for this podcast because it is like someone said what podcast would you like in your life that would be the best thing for you to listen to? And this would have been my description is talking about friends. Yeah, so you're a big everything. friends fan. Oh, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, massive, 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 massive fan. Um, shall I talk about my relationship with? Well, friends? yeah, I think yes, if you wouldn't mind, because it, it's it's important both for, for the podcast in the normal sense, but also you've yeah. got sort of another then link to friends in yeah. your work. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. So I have it's kind of evolved over time, I guess. So I joined Friends in uh, like '98 when it okay. was season four. Yeah. Um, and I watched season four, but didn't really have the opportunity then because we don't have our streaming services and things like that to right. kind of look back. So I kind of joined it season four. Um, so my first season was like the Emily season. Yes, London, no, all of that. Not great. <laughs> um, but still still knew it was amazing. And and so my my guiding memory of joining Friends was the, the cliffhanger of Ross saying Rachel at the wedding right. and just and watching that live. Yeah. on TV and just being like, Mad. oh my God, Absolutely yeah, amazing. Um, and then as time progressed was, you know, when stuff kind of came out and DVDs and all this kind of thing, built up collection and then backtracked, watched. And 
for me, friends is, and I know a lot of people have spoken about this, is that ultimate comfort yeah. thing. And I think reason for me particularly is because I joined friends and uh, started watching friends at like the end of a really tumultuous time in my life. Um, and my, so my parents had just gone through this big custody battle over me. I was wow. like pillar to post, all this kind of thing. And I just moved in with my dad and my new stepmom and my stepsister. Oh, wow. And it was mental. Yeah. And everyone was getting used to all of that. And I think friends was that comfort thing that you just put on. And I think so many people have that relationship with friends where it's, it kind of, it's to the point now where it, so, it psychologically soothes me. Really? So when I feel stressed, that's my one of my key ways of therapy because I'm just like, oh, these guys will these guys will help me, and you know. So I used to have all the the DVDs, you know, that matched up to yeah, make the ones Skyscape. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to have that. It was I was very proud of them. And then we, uh, me and my now wife, moved to a very kind of small flat, and I had to kind of get rid of them because we didn't have space. And now recently. I've got the white box set yeah. instead because it's much more economical. And now I watch Friends all the time. Is in I'm never not watching it. Okay. I so mean, I constantly just roll through it on Netflix. As in, yes, right. Yeah, so exactly. I get to 10 and I'm like, oh, it's all over. And I just start. But you do it chronologically. Again. Yep. Just keep going through. And I have it on when I'm washing up, yeah. over lunch at work, uh, you know, whenever I'm doing something that I just want something on in the background. And again, that it's the type of medium that you can have on because I think because you know it so well. Most yeah. people know it so well. You're just kind of like. It's like I listening to your favourite album, isn't it, yeah, or something? It's yeah, just like, exactly. I know exactly what's coming next. I know what this exactly. is. You can go out of the room. You can fall asleep for a bit. Yeah, whatever exactly. happens. And Unless you're preparing for this podcast. Yes. In which case, you're <laughs> so paying attention so closely. But yeah, so I'm never kind of not watching it. And I always just cycle through. Um, and now, more recently, in the last couple of years, I teach a gender and psychology module, which is looking all about kind of explanations of you know, why we are the way we are in terms of gender. And I use it as an example all the time because it is rich AF. Is it? With gendered messaging. But also, presumably, most of your students know everything that you reference in it because they have seen it too. Well, yes, although I was just saying, I'm getting to that point where they're starting to drift out of that because my students now, it was in 2019, mm. First years are born after 2000, which just blows my mind that their their date of birth has oh, 2000 two, yeah. in it rather than 1990-something or 80-something or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so I do, and a lot of people get it, but I every year you see the proportions changing. And I think it's, even if they're watching it on Netflix... I just think it's not the same, you well, know, as, as the gener as our generation yeah, just watched it, lived it, breathed it. I guess they might have discovered it, and then then therefore are watching it in the same way that we we might watch Killing Eve. Or something. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like you just you've watched it once, and that's it, and you sort but of they also it away. but they also don't have that dual interpretation of watching it at the time and it being relevant, right? And then it being out of date. All they've got is this is like vintage or out of date or yeah. like you know oh, I'm too woke to enjoy yeah. this. Yeah, exactly. Which I get. If you're seeing it for the first time, I mean, there's loads of stuff in this episode Plenty. which I can't wait <laughs> for. But um, yeah, it's it's really, it's such a rich source of material for looking at gender in the media. So yeah, I'm going to try and draw some of that out. No, definitely. Well. I'm really, I'm ge I genuinely, A, slightly intimidated by, because we talk, no, you no, know, no, no, no. I, I, would, I would never want to oversell our qualifications of delving into friends <laughs> in this sense, Pete. But we, we try and go in depth to a certain level, but I oh, feel yeah. like this is a whole academic level with which, do you know what, Pete? I'll be honest. I'm not sure we're going to be able to keep up. So. No, don't be silly. I think because one of the one of the good things about using it is that it's a, it's actually a really accessible right. form of it, and everyone can kind of see what's problematic. So yeah. I think it's a really good thing to use an example and say, "This is problematic." Can we just have a quick think about why it's problematic? And yeah. for most people, they you know are like, "Yeah, I see that." So <laughs> that's massively transphobic or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. So so you specifically use it as examples of what as, as, as sort of gender representation in so like gender, the mainstream yeah so gender representations yeah. and both positively and negatively right. and also how we kind of anchor our understandings about gender in time right. because obviously friends was released and made over a certain period of time which maps on really interestingly to uh kind of a historical development of gender kind of concepts different waves of feminism all that kind of yeah. thing so it's actually a really kind of awesome piece to look at yeah definitely plus i just love it so much yeah, well, like, so I mean, it, it just, really helps and the thing is is it just comes to mind so i'll be talking about something and i'm like oh i've got a friend's example for that 
Oh, I've got a friends example. So quite often you don't even plan to talk about it. You just no. I have a few. Th- yeah, and up. I have a few things that are always used, and then sometimes I'll be talking about something, and then it's just there. It's just and there. I've got a really. I uh, this was one of my perspective choices. Now I won't talk about it too much because I don't want to rob the joy of someone else. But um, there's one about uh, with Joey, the one who hits the girlfriend who hits Joey. Oh yeah, yeah. And I do research into male victims of domestic violence. Right. And I use that as an example of kind of trivialization of kind of yeah. female oh, oh, isn't violence it funny towards when men. Women yeah, hit exactly, men because yeah, exactly, how could exactly, that possibly be a problem? Exactly. So right. that's one of the kind of core examples. And then all the time I'm just thinking about, so we, we talked about um, how men are socialized not to like touch each other. Right. When they're growing up, it's yeah. like a real policed thing, whereas yeah. girls actually touch each other quite a lot um, in a kind of friendly, plutonic way. Yeah, it's like a tactile sort yeah, of... Yeah, and it made me think of the episode where Ross and Jerry take, take a nap. naps, yeah. Yeah, because it's, you know, and these things just come to your mind because you know them so well. So it's really, it's really useful. And it is, and Friends does that thing, doesn't it, where... Because that episode specifically is, I guess, I mean, I don't, again, I haven't mm. looked into it probably in the same way as you have, but... It, it's got both sides of the coin, hasn't it? Because actually, it's that's quite a positive thing that Joey and Ross can take those naps and and have that relationship that, yeah, I guess male people aren't necessarily used to growing no, up with. No. But then <laughs> on the well, flip side, or, yeah. the rest of them are just all basically going, Ooh, "This yeah, is a bit yeah, weird, yeah. isn't it?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is really weird. Yeah, yeah, but then and you know, if you do just a gender flip, if if it was the girls mm. doing that, you, you know, you just don't bat an eyelid and all this kind of thing. You know, it's because yeah. Anyway, we can talk about that more. Yes, as it no. comes up well uh, how did you choose your episode ben I, I i fear based on our communication it was it was uh tricky it was fraught <laughs> it was with great stress so i was looking so then i got sent your lovely new excel yeah oh yeah the excel doc oh the excel doc very and comprehensive and spreadsheet very comprehensive spreadsheet i'm all about a spreadsheet and i was looking through that making notes blah blah, blah and then i made a list and then i showed it to my wife and she went these are all rubbish <laughs> Okay, right. Don't do any of these. What You'll embarrass yourself. What was on that list then? Um, was that based on, were you trying to find specific episodes that had well, examples that you could, you, you know? No, no, not even that. I was just thinking about what do I enjoy, what's funny. Right. Um, and I was going through all the wiki synopses yeah, and yeah. looking and reminding myself. And so one of them was the one with the East German laundry detergent. Right. Which I love. Great. I looked, it's not that great though. Well, when you watch it back? Yeah. So I was like, I want to do a good one as yeah. well as one that I love and as well as one that has gender. So sure. I had like three. Anyway, so then I was looking at season one and I just was scrolling through and then I came across my episode. And the reason that I thought it would be great is because I was thinking about it and it has lots of key things in it. First is there's those agenda stuff, yeah. which I can't wait to discuss. The second thing is it's actually, I think, where Ross and Rachel start to really like ante up mm. in terms of, this whole, I like you and I'm going to push you down in the playground yeah, playground, type thing. playground yeah, politics, and they're, they're it, yeah. starting to flirt. Because it's almost like the East German laundry deterrent is too early because that's their real origin moment yeah. where they're in the... the that's just like, oh, a bit of yeah. fancying and a bit Whereas of Whereas this yeah. is like, they're properly like gripped in that, mm. oh, I think something might happen here. And also, every single character in this, I think, exemplifies themselves as a character. Okay. So I think it draws out all the characters really well. Yeah, I think you're right. Because actually. Rachel is just kind of hot mm. <laughs> and spoiled. Um, Phoebe is kooky. Yeah. I don't have a lot of time for Phoebe, but Phoebe's kooky. You don't? Oh, interesting. Joey is just an idiot, yeah. as we well know. And I know we've, you've talked about the arc of Joey, but he's he's kind of still lovable in this, this episode. He says a couple but, of stupid things in this episode, though. Yeah. There's a couple of stupid moments. Yeah, and there's a really great bit where Ross says something really obvious and he's like, and? Yeah. It's like, no, 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 you know what that was meant yeah. to be. You know, Chandler is just at his, like, driest, his most... Uh, and I think it's Pete who keeps saying you just want to turn to Chandler and be like, fuck, fuck off. off yeah. <laughs> There's so many of these moments where it's just like, yeah. answer the fucking question. Yeah, this is... I've written about four or five yeah. lines down from this episode. And you're just like, don't be, just don't be a dick. Yeah. Don't be a dick. Um, Monica's obsessive, yeah. competitive, yeah. and Ross is just an arsehole. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just been great, Ross. <laughs> Should we do yeah. the big reveal then? Yes. What is your episode, Dr. Benheim? It is uh, season one, yep. episode 18, mm-hmm. and it is the one with all the poker. The one with all the poker. Uh, the Wikipedia synopsis will follow. Tired of being referred to by customers as excuse me, Rachel interviews for a job as an assistant buyer at Saks Fifth Avenue. She also sees another side of the usually docile Ross, interesting, <laughs> when the girls face the boys during a not-so-friendly game of poker after some help from Monica's aunt. 
facts. So there you go. I mean, as usual, the Wikipedia synopsis <laughs> sort of sums it up, but then also misses some key details, but that's fine. I actually have a episode-themed gift. Do you? Oh. For you both. Uh, Dave, we'll have to post yours to you, Pete. <laughs> but I have got you one because I always feel so sad for you, Pete. You're so far away. <laughs> I do I do miss out, it's true. I've bought some Friends-themed playing cards. Oh, my goodness. Oh. These are amazing. Oh. Oh, Are there two you. packs, or do you have to sort of divide them up and post? Me yeah, yeah. So you'll get the uh, diamonds and the spades. <laughs> no, I've bought two packs, and they each oh, have. That's a great. Gift. I don't know how they decided on them, but a lot of them have like a key episode of Friends on. This is amazing. There's like a little still of the episode, and then there's also like um, some that have the the what would be the face cards. Yeah. Have like key motifs. So one of them's like the sofa, and one of them's like the chick and the yeah. duck <laughs> and things like that so yeah they're really i just yeah so I was, well, i'm good sure they're pete. lovely yeah they're really good I yeah, will, so I I will. Will, we will get you yours pete i promise thank um, you that's kind because i did buy a third pack for myself so. did you good. yeah there of course we go. we've all got, i was we've like got well i can't buy these and not have some myself <laughs> well there um, you go pete i mean look i'm a bit annoyed that he's told you this pete because i could have just passed this off as my christmas present to you because yeah, that would absolutely. have been perfect. Oh, yeah sorry <laughs> we should have we should have powwowed about that yeah, exactly that's a genuinely good present though because i mean we've had some good gifts before but most of them are edible and then gone immediately this, yeah well i was and i was thinking about food um mm. but then i you know it's salmon roulettes and assorted crudités <laughs> yeah, so exactly. and i know pete hates salmon so i i didn't want to i didn't want to even broach that or mail you salmon so no, you I know mean, if think... someone if someone posted me salmon i would consider that some sort of statement of hate <laughs> <laughs> you'd be like delete the episode immediately yeah um, uh, should we start at the beginning then with this episode? What a strange open it has. Yeah, the opening yeah, is yeah, interesting, isn't yeah. it? And one of the reasons I love this episode is because I think from... So can I do, can I talk about my favourite character quickly? Yeah. So my... I guess I'm really like a basic bitch, but I love Ross. Okay. Now, the, but the reason I love Ross is because I am Ross. Okay. <laughs> and that doesn't reflect well on me, and I know that, and I hate myself for it. But whenever I look at him, I'm just like, you are Ross. And people say to me, you are Ross. And I'm like, oh, I know. So what, the, what the are the comparisons? I mean, we've, we've got the obvious ones. Well, he's... because he, he, Yeah, so... You know, he's got, he's a doctor yeah. and he's like, you know, academic. And teachers, teachers, you know, lectures. The main thing is that he's just like, first of all, he's really, he's he's prone to periods of ennui and, uh, you know, being a bit down and yeah. being a bit, you know, when he comes in and he has this classic, oh, uh, yeah. you know, I'm prone to that as well. But he, you know, the thing about Ross, right? So he, in right in the pilot, you know, he's having a tough time. Mm. Yeah, so he's had some stuff happen, which has translated into quite horrendously low self-esteem, which I share with Ross. I'm happy to admit that. And what you then get out of that is that he's such a tryhard. Like he's constantly outsourcing his self-esteem to everybody, trying to kind of do the right thing, but then ending up just being a dick and pissing everybody off. And, you know, he cares so much about certain things. And, you know, one of my friends turned around to me once and said, look, the way to not care about things is to not care about them. And I was like, I don't understand what you just said. Because I think I find it hard to just not care. It's like this podcast. I became so upset. My second favourite character is Monica. And I'm just a blend of, they're both the worst characters. Yeah, yeah, I am the Gellers (laughs) in one horrendous vision. I'm the Gellers, but in one person, because I am also competitive and obsessive, Right, but really annoying about it as well so it's not yeah. the best no no but that's um, you know but I, in I, this episode they're both at their peak because monica's mental yeah. and ross is being Ro- a dickhead ross is being a proper dick well yeah, this is so. this is insight into monica here where she's just sort of um quite violent aggressive person as well they, they're sort of in fear of her but i'm like that with gaming i i have i have been that person i haven't thrown a plate at anyone but i have been the person that has like thrown the toys out of the prom in a friends yeah over games or at least nearly and been that person who's just and just can't control that compared i I do think i've got better my wife basically sat me down and was like we need to talk about this because (laughs) otherwise we're gonna have no people left to hang out with but you know it really brings that out of her and there's a there's amazing bit which i'm sure we'll come to any bit that it's just amazing and i paused it last night because i said this is so me there's a bit where rachel comes in and it's under what i call um uh poker two because right. it's their second, second game, big yeah. game. And she comes in from the interview 
and she's talking about it and she goes to say oh and she told this great story and Monica goes ha you'll tell us and we'll, we'll laugh, laugh let's play poker yeah. and she just cuts her dead and I'm like I am that person who's yeah. like can we just get down to business here now we're here to play poker why yeah. are we not playing poker and, we, and I have poker nights with, with my friends and I'm the one who's kind of keeping people on track and I'm like where's your big blind Yes. Where's this? Where's that? You know. So you're the one that it's about yeah. the poker for you rather than about the social activity in the yeah. same way. There's, there's that blend, yeah. isn't there? And you see that in this poker yeah. game where different people are treated in a different way. But because like Phoebe is my worst nightmare. Yeah, someone that just doesn't. I mean, care in about so many ways. But in so why do you hate Phoebe? You've mentioned this already. I mean, I have had a lot of discussion about Phoebe because my wife particularly hates Phoebe. I I put her in a bracket with Joey at the bottom. Okay. Because I don't, you know, and, and you have to understand for my, it's on a relative scale. Yes. Yeah. You're trying to rank six people who you love. Of course. But Phoebe is my, is my least favorite kind of with Joey and my wife hates Phoebe, but my, one of my best friends loves Phoebe and she's like, she, she's so quirky. I just find that quite annoying. And I think it's because I like things quite ordered yeah, and kind of straightforward. So I think the moniker in me. I was going to say, you dislike Phoebe in the way that Monica disliked living with Phoebe. Yes. Basically. Precis- yeah, yeah. I am like. Uh, crumbs on the floor come yeah. over no more like that is me um, so yeah I think I'm really not coming off well here at all I'm actually a really nice person once you get to know me <laughs> so yeah like you say Pete this is a strange opening in a sense but it's, a, it's one of those nice ones season one quite regularly had them all in a room, whistling or singing. You know, there's, yeah. there's an episode in Central Perk where they're all sitting around singing together. Exactly. And that's classic Ross as well. Yeah. That's classic Ross because they all finish. It's great. And then he's like, does another one. Yeah. And everyone's like, no, no, shut no. Ross. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, too far, too far. Oh, but the, the whistling thing happens and none of them actually reference it. It's They, they open the episode whistling. They stop whistling they move on to talking about something that is not connected to the whistling. Yeah, it's it very, is, um, uh, it's just very, very sort of hi ho, hi ho, we're off to work, we go, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> we're all doing this, we're yeah. all helping our friend out and, you know, doing the, and they've got this like assembly line. It is a nice scene for, and, uh, and you know, this is the, the first season before the show was like massive in the way that we know it now, but it does give you a nice insight into this group of six friends, really all pulling together. Well, it's, it's the way of the, it's the way of them being like, these people are really good friends. Yeah. It's just really threading that through and saying, you know, there's this kind of helping out thing. They're all doing it together, all hanging out. Like, it's just, it's really cementing that comfortable familiarity of yeah. knowing that, because we as the viewer occupy that space as seventh friend, right? right? That's that's what it's designed to do. So you're kind of like there. And I think it's kind of there to get you to, I mean, this is not good for a podcast, but I'm kind of doing this like jaunty, like shoulder movement. Like we're in this together and yeah. we're, we're all stuffing envelopes and because Ross is folding, Joey's stuffing, Phoebe's licking. Yeah. Monica <laughs> is stamping. Yeah. But I don't know what she's stamping. I'm assuming it's the return address. Like if, because she can't be stamping the destination address because you'd need a different stamp different for stamp every each time. Company. Or is there a sort of like, uh, this is this is one of those things where I just think we're in a completely different era now. Is this is that well, how it, the post used to work? Who well, knows? exactly. I have a sort of... My vague... dad used to have a, a franking machine. Right. This is what, exactly what I was thinking of. Something in like an office yeah. where you could, rather than buying stamps, you can... Yeah, but that's if you've like got a company and you already pay for postage on a like meta scale. So I don't know what she's stamping. And then Chandler's doing actual stamps and Rachel's stuffing the box with the resumes. Yeah, it must be the return address. But why has anyone got a return address on resumes? Exactly. Surely (laughs) the return address is they haven't responded to you. Yeah, exactly. But I just want to point something out. I don't know whether you guys, I'm sure you do, but how did you watch this? Was it on Netflix? Yeah. Because it's... There's about two minutes and 20 seconds of extra content on the DVD, which right. is a lot of fun. And it's a game that I I say I play it with my wife. Yeah. She is very much a grumpy, passive recipient of this knowledge sure, from sure. me. So, But one of the things I like to do is um, point out to my wife when it's original content and what they cut for Netflix. So is, are we, is there some in the, in the first scene? Yeah. Is so um, she, they're kind of stuffing it and uh, stuffing the resumes. Yeah. And then it just cuts and Phoebe gets a paper cut. Mm. She's like licking and she gets a paper cut. I remember this. Yeah. And she goes, paper cut, paper cut. And Joey passes her a juice. Yeah. And she goes, and she takes a sip and she goes, oh, grapefruit juice, grapefruit juice. 
I can see why they cut it. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's weird that Netflix has the abridged versions because there's no reason why it should. It could just have the long versions. Well, this is what I and this is something I'm within this realm is quite obsessive about is all the different versions yeah. of knowing when it's different. And there's another bit in the in the cold open where um, once they realise that there's the mistake. Um, the it cuts skills. the computer skills. It cuts when Joey says, "I'm sure the Xerox got a few." Yeah, it cuts on Netflix, but on the DVD they do like a reverse assembly line to the same whistling. Yes, they do. You're quite right. And this Ross the scrumples them yeah. and just throws them behind his. Yeah. Behind his. So it's just I. I love all that kind of stuff. Oh, I need to start. My long-suffering up. wife does not. Yeah. <laughs> um, this episode has probably one of the most famous Friends deleted scenes as well in it. Uh, which is which is later and and is not really relevant to the plotline at all. But the scene of the three boys dancing. Yes, yes, to yes, yes. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I become was, like a meme now. Yeah, because I watched it on Netflix first, and right. then thought I better watch this on the DVD. Just oh, so, so you've done you both. Know, Great. So I've done both, and uh, yeah, because in the Netflix episode, the way that ends is with a uh, like a bounce of Marcel. Yes. Rocking. Yes, that's what I said. And it's a weird ed because it's clear that it's a bounce, like a, a rock and roll mm. of the frames. Yes. And so Marcel is just doing this like weird back, back and, and forth, forth motion. Whereas in, you know, and I think that's a great scene. I it's don't know why they cut it because the guys are dancing and the, the studio audience go nuts love for it. it. They yeah. love all yeah. those smooth moves. Well, the weird thing about the weird thing about the, the way that they do do it is that. They're having a discussion about something completely different. Yeah, mm. about Rachel, isn't Marcel, it? Marcel, yeah, Marcel starts trying to put the CD in the CD player. Can we just talk about Marcel? Why is <laughs> why why did Ross have a monkey? I think that I think that is the bigger meta question of what you're trying to say here is that the reason it's pointless is because they were like, remember Ross has got a monkey. Yeah, that's it. It's and just... it's like maybe you shouldn't have given him one. Yeah. In the first place, we could have padded that out with something ten not episodes mental. In, ten episodes into a new sitcom to give a, one of the characters a monkey is one of like... Look, looking back on it, we all know that Ross had a monkey, but... It's so bold. It's so it's bold. so bold. And I love that because they were like... And it, you know what? There was a really interesting discussion maybe an episode or two ago about how they filmed in film and widescreen. Yeah. And, you know, clearly they were like, we think this is good. Yeah. So... We can take some risks. Yeah. One of which is give the character a monkey. Yeah, I was reading a, a book the other day about when they decided. I can't remember. They they, they were they were debating whether to give Ross a monkey or maybe a parrot. Or so, there was another. There was another <laughs> oh animal, God. and they were having sort of. Consistent... They made the wrong choice there, <laughs> yeah. didn't they? You imagine Ross with a little parrot. Yeah. On his shoulder I cannot the remember what the second animal was in my head. It's a parrot or something like that. Jaguar but yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, they just went back and forth for ages. Yeah, landed on the monkey, and but the monkey just became so uncontrollable. Yeah, as yeah. A, as a actor as it were that's why they had to get well, rid of it too big for his boots, didn't yeah it? just just yeah just one his, tra- his own trailer humping everything yeah <laughs> yeah also yeah. oh, i guess they kind of reflected that in the yes. storyline well as they did for this episode so this episode was born out of the fact that they all used to play poker in their dressing rooms between takes ah, so it was there a, you go. Uh, i mean again 18 18 episodes in they've clearly run out of original ideas and like guys what do we all do uh ah oh, we all play poker right there's an episode about that yeah 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 brilliant <laughs> Um, Inspired. So, so yeah, so then after this cold open, Rachel's sending off her resume. Basically, she doesn't get any of these interviews apart yeah. from one with Saxwith Avenue. That sort of runs alongside it. But basically then, like you say, we're into poker game one, poker game two, yeah. poker game three. Yeah. And, it, and it all, because, you know, it, it's, this is why I said, I don't really view it as a as a B plot to the A plot. It's all A plot because it, it so fundamentally informs what happens at the end of, of the poker. Yeah. So it kind of, yeah, runs into... And the next scene after the, the credits, there's a little bit at the start that was cut about uh, Chandler says, uh, you know, they call this a love seat, but I'm not feeling anything special towards you. Yes. And Ross just hits him in the head with yeah. a newspaper. And then the guys come in, Rachel uh, wants the responses, yep. and they're kind of reading through that she hasn't got any kind of responses. It's um, very unsettling at this point that Chandler and Ross are sitting somewhere else in some Yes, effort. it's very odd, isn't it? Creeping, uh, creeping in the background. They are. They're sitting just on a different table from their friends, yeah. with whom they always sit. And it's li- and that that motif is literally used like two more. T- Maybe someone said that's don't do that again. It's weird because yeah. there's only a couple more times where they there's one. I think it's where Chandler's going with the real estate woman and and Phoebe and Much Rachel. Later, are up yeah, there. yeah, yeah. And, but that's, and that's literally just so they can look out the window. Isn't yeah, it? exactly. <laughs> yeah, and it's referenced because Phoebe goes, "I want to sit over there." Yeah, and yeah, they, yeah. You know, they were there first. Chandler sits there with Kathy as well when Joey walks in and sees. He him. does. Yes, and it is also where Rachel is sat when Ross comes in to try and stop Gunther from telling her that yes. he slept Chloe. So yeah, so they sat there creeping and in the background and then Joey comes in 
and they and Chandler kind of laughs at him. And yeah. They talk about and this is where I'll start my dialogue about gender. Right, because no, I, I I noticed this. Right. and wrote this down. I'm so, sure. so the whole premise of this, why the poker starts, is because they're yeah. You know, Joey cried in front of his friends. That was that's... God. What a what a pussy. Yeah, but that's yeah, it, isn't it? But that that's the joke. Yeah. You know, and you think you look back at it now. And I mean, it's debatable about how far we've come from that. We have come a bit, but I mean, we can talk about that. But yeah, it's it's just so funny that that's the gag. Yeah. That Joey cried in yeah. front of his friends. And everyone's kind of like, oh, what, you know, what are you thinking yeah. about? Mate? That was like a, it's a proper like, this is mad kind yeah. of yeah, yeah, moment, yeah. isn't it? And, yeah. it and, and, and this is what triggers the whole thing. I find it fascinating when friends does this and goes, how are we setting this whole thing up? And we're going to talk about poker, and the way we're going to get into it is that yeah, Joey cried in front of his friends. Which yeah. how could how dare he? Yeah, we vi- you know he violated one of those kind of core masculine norms because you yeah. know if you think about masculine stereotypes, one of the absolute pillars of that is stoicism and emotional control. You're not meant to show your emotions. Yeah. and so and what we interestingly see Chandler and Ross engaging in is the um, it's in the literature it's called border work, which is where members of a, of a particular social group kind of regulate the behaviour of other members to okay. keep them within their boxes. And so we see Ross and Chandler taking the piss out of him yeah. to kind of say, you know, this was an unacceptable social behaviour and we're going to really rib you for it yeah. so that you don't do it this again. Kind happen of again, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, in front of the girls, which is extra mortifying. And then, you know, the girls ask a really interesting question, which is, why don't you invite us to play poker? Right. And that is a kind of a valid question because it's, you know, they're clearly a tight-knit group. We've seen that from uh, the whistling assembly line. Yeah. So why are they having this kind of what they've identified as a sex-specific activity? activity yeah. And Phoebe does this really fun thing where she's like, so is it some kind of like sexist guy thing? And Ross is like, no. And she's like, so is it some, like, okay, what is it? Just yeah, tell me yeah, why yeah, you yeah. only play on your own. And... um the guys give a really interesting response, which is that we just don't know any women who play poker. poker. And that's really interesting because it shows how stereotypes and our perceptions of what men and women are good at and what they want to do, a lot of the time are just self-fulfilling prophecies and cycles. Because the only reason the girls don't know how to play poker is because they've never been asked. And it's not part of their kind of socialization. For many reasons, so poker is a kind of widely known masculine typed activity. So people But tend... what Ross says about not knowing any women who play poker isn't true because then the girls get in one of Monica's relatives to teach them. Well, quite. <laughs> absolutely stunning. Yeah. Yes, because uh, Monica says that she's been playing poker like all her life. So Ross would know that. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. Ross is mugging himself off there, as per usual. <laughs> um, so then they give this excuse and the girls kind of go, you know you could teach us because mm. they're kind of saying, look, the only reason you don't know is because no one's never asked. So it just kind of shows this, so much of what we view as these kind of natural or immutable differences between us is probably just, you've just never been no. asked. And it's kind of, you know, I have this discussion with my wife about DIY. So, you know, I mean, anyone listening to this who knows me well will laugh when I say this. You know, I'm not the most masculine person in the world. Sure, sure. But I do all the DIY in the house and Gemma's like, oh, I, I could never do that. And I'm like, I'm almost certain you could. You just have not been told to do that or right. asked to do that yeah. or you just don't think it's something that you need to do. And it's the same with all these types of things. It's, it, I, you know, it's not that the girls can't play poker. No, but it's, and, and, and poker's an interesting one, isn't it? Because be it right or wrong, and obviously it's mostly wrong, you can sort of see where a lot of the activities that are based on, say, physical strength or mixed sport or, you know, not playing sport between genders, you can sort of see. So DIY, traditionally, or like construction or that sort of thing, I guess was initially born out of the fact that men are stronger and can put up a heavy thing or whatever it is. But poker... It's, right, it, you're holding six right. bits of cards. There are some, there are some things where those arguments are kind of more fallible, yeah. and than others. So when when you look at those examples and and construct, you know, all these kind of things, construction work, DIY, yes, there is maybe some element of well, you know, because men are slightly on average stronger, they can yeah. drill a bit harder and all yeah. these kind of things. There's still obviously, like you said, a lot wrong with that. But especially with things like poker, the only reason it's male typed is because of those elements it embodies about being super competitive. Yeah. Um, you know this kind of uh it's very dominant space game you're going head to head with people so that appeals to a lot of those 
masculine archetypes that we know of. And do you think the sort of duplicity and the bluffing and all that sort of it, thing is, yes, plays into it? Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, the, the theory is, is that girls are too nice to play poker. Right. Which actually is exemplified really nicely in the next scene. So yeah. that they, they the the girls say, well, you could teach us. And the guys are like, no. Yeah. And then they do. Yeah. And then it cuts to what I call poker one. Yeah. Yeah, because it's their first round of poker. And actually it shows really nicely because the girls, the way they play poker is so lovely, <laughs> so supportive. Yeah, 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 None of this duplicity, none of this competitiveness. Yeah, Rachel's from, offering to give Phoebe yeah, the card that she yeah, needs. And, and Monica like shows it. her hand. She's <laughs> yeah. like, I've got a stray. And, if, and the, yeah. but the, the, it's not that, it's the girls' reactions. Right. They're like, yay. <laughs> yeah. And Monica's like, yay, I did a good thing. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's like, wow, it's emphasising that these, these girls are really out of place. This is why they don't play poker in the first place. Right. And yeah, so Phoebe goes, um, I need the the uh, ten of uh, it's ten of spades, spades and six of, of clubs. Yeah. And Rachel goes, well, I've got the ten of spades yeah. and gives it to her. And Ross is there losing <laughs> his shit yeah. about this. It's like ten, vein going in his head. Um, so yeah, it just really emphasises that this is maybe why they hadn't been invited. And there's a little cut bit where Chandler hits Ross on the head with a newspaper because he's just so flustered by yes. not playing poker properly. And the food, again. Yeah. Monica's like, salmon roulettes and assorted crudités. And yep. Joey's like, you need chips or dips or, or pretz. Yeah, <laughs> one syllable food. Yeah. Good and gag. Monica in the cut bit goes, I'm sorry, I'm out of pretz. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's just really this. And that's where you start to really get into this guys versus girls. And mm -hmm. that is a motif that comes up quite a lot in Friends. Yes. So um, the other one... Oh my goodness, that I didn't put on my top five, which I, oh, forget Ross is fine. It, the one with the quiz, obviously. Right, yeah. Obviously one of my top five. Yeah. Oh, can't believe I didn't say that. <laughs> but that is guys versus girls. Yeah. Again, you know, and it's this, it's about gender wars, basically. Yes. It's representing that through the medium of friends of going, look, we're, you know, we're kind of really having this dialogue about what it means to be men and what it means to be women. And that involves a bit of friction between us and who's better, guys or girls. And yeah. that really exemplifies it in this episode and, and subsequent ones as well. Because I guess, and, and uh, you know, correct me if it's wrong, I, I feel like Friends has, as well as doing all, having all the problematic elements when it comes to gender and gender politics, it, it, it for its time, it still did a lot of things that were pioneering, 100%. you know, even from, from episode one where it was probably the only show on television showing like girls in their 20s sleeping around and yeah you know in a way that had never been yeah, in the mainstream a hundred percent and i think i'll just very briefly talk about where that's situated in terms of history because if you think about it 90s was third wave feminism yeah. this kind of uh, uh re-identification for women that they were in a gender war following the kind of not dying down, but the sim simmering out of second wave feminism in the 60s and 70s. And so we've got this kind of increasing discourse within society around third wave feminism that is really situated about women reclaiming what it is to be feminine and redefining that. And, you yeah. know, my other example I use in popular culture is the Spice Girls, because what the Spice Girls did is presented five different archetypes yeah. of femininity yeah. that all did different things and said to women, look, all of these versions of femininity are great. Obviously, everyone has their favourite Spice Girl. Yeah. But, you know, all of these are great and you should own that. Now, unfortunately, a lot of the ways that fell is that it reinforced it in a way that still made the patriarchy happy because it's still, you know, the sexual empowerment of women was then manipulated in a certain way right. to still satisfy the needs predominantly of men. But you're absolutely right that this show at the time, both in gender and sexuality. I know people have talked about the lesbian wedding. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Um, and uh, in terms of gender, presenting these kind of new images of, of women, um, you know, the fact that Monica is so competitive. Competitiveness is a traditionally masculine trait. Right. And it's actually, you know, because she comes across in this episode is very dominant. Mm. And when you watch it, elements of that sit against, they jar a bit. Yeah. But that's because she's a woman. Because the competitiveness that the guys show, it's, oh, yeah, they're just being guys. They're just totally playing poker. Acceptable, yeah. Totally socially acceptable. So it does start to present and really kind of forward this dialogue. And like you said, yes, there are problematic things. I know you guys have talked a lot about porn. Yeah. Just the prevalence of it in the dialogue <laughs> and how they talk about it is pretty problematic. Um, some of the language they use, chicks, all this kind of yep. stuff, problematic. Um, how they get girls. I know Natasha, who I have to thank for being on this podcast, talked about this a lot. You know, what we're teaching guys is 
keep going. Persistence. If she says no, keep going. Yep. And like she said, it's no wonder people don't know what consent means right. because, you know, you're teaching, you know, and we always have this joke about my, me and my wife, because basically the other reason I identify with Ross, because I fell in love with my wife when we were at school and just pined after her in this Ross type way, pathetic Ross type way, really? you know, yeah, yeah. trying to kiss her for chapstick and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and there's a story that my good friend, uh, Nick, uh, who is a avid listener of the podcast as well. Hi, Nick. Hi, Nick. Um, said uh, he told this story in his best man speech about me sitting after prom, who I didn't get to go with, with G- Gemma. Wife, yeah. Um, she asked me to take her hair clips out and I was like silently crying doing it because I was like, I can't have this. But I kind of, you know, pined after her for ages and kept asking her out. And she kept being like, no, I don't want to go out with you. And the reason we got together in the end when we were 16 is because all of our friends went, just go out with him. It will shut him up and then just dump him after two weeks. Right. Who's laughing now? <laughs> so you've been together 14, since you were 16. Yeah, 14 years later, oh five years days. married. Who's laughing now? And she's what I mean. You know, this is a very, it was a very Ross thing yeah. to do. Is like, I'm just obsessed with you. I'm in love with you. You know, um, you know the one with the prom video has also been done, which I love because yeah. I just think, you know, it's classic Ross. Anyway, so yeah, there are problematic things. But in terms of what they are trying to put across, so there's another thing about how they all have babies. So all of those baby storylines are unconventional. Yeah. So Phoebe has tripped us through IVF for a brother. Yeah. Uh, Rachel has a baby as a single parent, essentially, because she's not like with Ross. It's out of wedlock. Yeah. And Monica can't have kids and they end up adopting. adopting. And And Ross has a kid with his lesbian ex-wife. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. And they have this poly, not polyamorous because they're not together, but, you know, they have this three parent setup. Yeah. So all of the parenting relationships are novel. And that's great. I've never thought about that. So that's really, really going against this kind of heteronormative women are there to have babies in a certain way yeah. in these institutions of marriage, et cetera, really breaking out of all those things. And, and you know, this is what depresses me about takes that you see at the moment where everyone's like, I can't watch Friends. It's homophobic. It's transphobic. It's regressive in gender attitudes. Of course it is. But it was of a time. Hmm. Yeah, it was of a time within the 90s where actually it did a lot of good because it started so many of those dialogues, or at least contributed to many of those starting dialogues. So I actually have a lot of time for it, um, apart from a couple of things in this yeah, episode, which are problematic. But I, you know, I think with anything, we have to take it. You have to take things within the time. If they made this show now, of course, obviously everyone would be like, "Nope, doesn't get made." I guess it's interesting, isn't it? Because and this isn't to forgive it any of its things, but what it does is it starts to move conversations on, like you say, but whilst still maintaining the comfort of people that maybe aren't ready for those conversations. Exactly. So, exactly. so so they get to watch this thing and go, oh, most of this stuff, but, yeah, I'm, but, I'm familiar with most of these attitudes, but oh, I've noticed this is happening. But And, but the, and that characterises so much of third wave media because you're having conversations that are big and difficult, right? Yeah. They're challenging really big meta concepts. So you can't just be like, women aren't like this anymore yeah. and neither are men. You have to take steps towards those big conversations, yeah. you know, and it's steps that we're having still now. It's not as if we're sat here in 2019, like everything's it's perfect. <laughs> Thank you, friends. Yeah. You know, we're at the end point now. We're still having those conversations, but any piece of media, in my opinion, that moves those on, even if they're still problematic, is a really worthwhile thing. And mm. I think friends holds up for its time. I think if you looked back and think, wow, this was in 94, 95, that's actually pretty, pretty good. Ask the nincompoops. It's the show where kids ask us the questions they want answered. And we answer the questions that the kids ask. Did bacon or pigs come first? Ba- bacon. Bacon, are you not listening? It couldn't be simple. Liar, liar, oh, pants that... on fire. Oh, how oh, yeah. Your pants on fire, did oh, you my... know that? Oh, hold on, my pants are on fire. Sorry, that's just pure coincidence. You haven't learned a thing. Ask the nincompoops. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. 
Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. So, yeah, so we have this. So we've got the first poker game. The, the, the girls are terrible at it. They, they're not... They're not they're not playing the game in the way that Ross wants them to. Yeah. We then move to this very brief scene with their uh, with Monica's Aunt Iris, who pops in to teach them how to play poker. Just before we get to that, there's a really classic Chandler line, which is like, "Why why are you being like that? Why are you well, being this guy?" I mean, I've got I think how many have I written down of these Chandler lines? <laughs> I imagine Pete, you were kicking yourself. So a couple of those episode. are before they even play poker. <laughs> the, the most annoying one is that uh, now they're all recommending Trident. Fuck. Oh, uh, we'll get to that. That's in poker too. Yeah, that and that really and the thing about the thing that annoys me most about that is well, there's two things. First of all, Chandler's smug little fucking face. <laughs> Like he's just said the funniest thing in the whole world and the audience are losing their minds. And it's not even, I mean, it's quippy, but it's not that good. Yeah, right. But there's one where they go, we've got to settle. Yeah. She goes, settle what? Yeah. And Chandler goes, the Jamestown colony of Virginia. And you're like, you're a dick. I, I genuinely love And then that she does a sassy look and then he goes... King King George is giving us the land, and it's like yeah. stop, carries stop. on. Yeah, it carries on. That one is so ludicrous. So ludicrous. I, I really laughed at that because that yeah. is such a. I think it's a great gag. I actually yeah. still laugh at it, and I laughed at it when I was watching it. But then, I, in our in thinking about this podcast, I was like, oh, I so get people yeah. being like Chandler's a dick. Yeah, fuck. Well, there's another one earlier when uh, Chandler and Ross are talking about Rachel in the coffee house. Yeah, and, and I, a I don't know this reference at all. Um, is it? Is it? Is D, it the sarcastic D the sarcastic sister, sister from, from What's, what's Happening, happening yeah. which was a, a sitcom that aired from seventy six to seventy nine. Wow, twenty year out of date reference. Yeah, well, they and nobody is... under nobody understands what that you know what that reference would. Maybe the Americans do, and as you said, maybe they'll get in touch and be like, "It was a big show." Yeah, but yeah, so us all over again. He's yeah, oh, Linus. I I was following that avidly. I was like, I can't wait to, for the big reveal. Who Linus is? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, but there is also a bit then that I think is really important just on the con- just on the back of the gender thing we we're just talking about because Joey goes it's their first time mm. maybe don't forget about the money which is classic pandering right and I love the fact that Monica goes no we'll pay <laughs> don't don't um, patronise us yeah. Americanism yeah, like, just for is. our American listeners but you know she's like don't patronise us don't you know, just because we're women and just because we're learning this game, we'll pay. You know, oh, yeah. we've entered into this gaming contract right. here and we're going to owe you. Now, how they settle up is weird because it depends on how they're playing. I thought whenever I play, it's winner takes all. But yeah, so I don't it's all the three weird, guys always split. win. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, But yeah, so I love that. I think it's a really good feminist moment where yeah. Monica's like, we'll pay. Don't pander to us. We'll pay. And there's a nice gag off the back of that where Phoebe goes, oh, I'd hold it. Yeah. A whole different answer works out here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Aunt Iris. Aunt Iris comes in very great. quick, really uh, quick. Yeah, very quick. I, I started to look her up, and then I, I just, I just absolutely Beverly Garland. Beverly Garland, not Did, with us. Yes, yeah, no, two thousand and eight. She's gone. Oh, she's gone. Rest, sad, rest in it? peace. Kiss the sky for Beverly Garland. <laughs> and it looks to me like she's a an old timey Hollywood horror actress because all the things are like Swamp Monster from nineteen fifty four. Really? She, that I don't know. I didn't look into it too much, but. I, I think she's a great character. Yeah, she's a great character. Yeah, so they learn, they get a bit, well, they supposedly get a bit better, and then they go to Poker 2. Yep. And then Rachel does this card trick. Oh, that's such a wonderful moment where she shuffles the cards. And yeah. such a pro way, and all the, all the guys look terrified. There's so many conspiracy theories online about whether she 
is doing, is doing a trick, that or and not. a lot of people think it's a trick deck, right? Because they're looking at the way the cards are kind of almost joined, joined up, yeah. But yeah. still, it's a great moment because they're they're still expecting these naive girls, and yes, they end up losing. But still, that their looks on their faces where they're like, oh. Yeah, I mean, on maybe they've had a lesson from us, Iris. <laughs> yeah. On reflection, they should have spent more of the lesson learning the actual game of poker rather than learning how to shuffle them. Because that is a hard skill to master. That must yeah. have taken hours. Yeah, they would have been sat there for ages, like, <laughs> yeah. right, you got it. Because I no, can't. Quicker, quicker, faster. Yeah. yeah, I haven't even mastered, you know, a basic the two half card. Piles, so, yeah, the no. two half piles, I can't do it. So to, like, flip them yeah. from one hand to the other. <laughs> so I feel, and this is shown up in, because, you know, the, the comic reward for that is that they're still shit. Yes. Um, you know, and they all owe money. But then Rachel does this great line where she's like, ooh, I'm a man. Ooh, I have a penis. Ooh, I have to win money to exert my power over women, which is just a really nice explicit conceptualization of being like, this is third wave feminism and we ain't going to take your shit no more. Yeah. That's that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Monica and they comes in and over-exits. it. crashes yeah. all over it, yeah. We will win and you will lose and you will beg <laughs> right, and we will laugh yeah. and we will take everything you have. Yeah. And you will hate yourselves forever. Yeah. yeah. And then the cut scene mm. is Aunt Iris. They go for another lesson with uh, Aunt okay. Iris, which Before, makes sense yeah. because they were shit. Yes. So hard. they go for another lesson and she goes, how much did you lose? And they go about 30 bucks. And she goes, right, I'm going to give you that back. And they go, oh, really? And she goes, no, it's bluffing. bluffing. You haven't learned crap. Yeah. So she, you know, deals again. But that's again, it's cut. So so quick. I wanted more of Aunt Iris. That does make sense as to, because it doesn't make sense in the in the cut version as to why they'd suddenly be much better at poker in the third game. Yeah, they yeah, ex- yeah, and I think I guess it's just that they yeah, I I think it makes more sense narratively to leave that in yes. because they need they clearly need more help. Yeah. Because they're all they've all they've lost still lost all that money. money yeah. Um, so then we get the third poker game. So then we get poker three. And it's competitive now. They're good at, they're better at poker. Yeah, at and poker Rachel's. three is great. Yeah. And the hot, because it's a continuously running scene and it actually, you know, it's a big payoff because when we get to that point, I think we're about 16 minutes in. Yeah. So you've got, you know, well over a third of the episode left to really dedicate to the building of that scene where you're, because as a viewer, you're trying to second guess what's going to happen here right because you're thinking there's got to be some kind of payoff here and you are there and for me you know me watching it for the first time and sit you know you're gripped by thinking okay who's going to win is it a girl's win is it a guy's win like what's going to happen how's it going to come through with Ross and Rachel how's this going to resolve so it's really good building I think and that's why I think it's a really lovely a plot episode where it's all building towards this moment and they have their couple of rounds you know there's a couple of funny gags you know um Joker is poker with a oh, J. Some of my favourite friends moments is in, is in this great. bit. There's, there's, and that's Joe incidents with, with a C. C. That's great. Yeah. I forgive Charlie. That's a great line. Yeah. There's, and there's a um, Phoebe when Phoebe gets dealt her cards and she goes, uh, yes. Yes. Or, or no. no. Yeah. And it's funny because I, uh, you know, I play poker semi-regularly with some friends of mine and it, it, I know people like that. And it's so funny <laughs> yeah. watching people because, you know, if you play poker, you know, bluffing is a huge part yeah. of, the, of the game. Um, which is what something Phoebe learns in Poker One, because yeah. she's like, so you were lying. Yeah. And he's like, no, I was bluffing. And she's like, and what is bluffing? Is not another word for lying, yeah. which it obviously is. And then the pivotal moment, I guess, they're, you know, they're playing poker, you know, and this is also where Ross and Rachel are amping up, they're flirting. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> Rachel gets her call and Ross goes, me, 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 you yeah. know, hello, Rachel Green, me, 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 have the job. And you're thinking, oh, okay, what's going to be? And she doesn't get the job. Yeah. Right. So it's this huge bit. She sits back down. Everyone's like, it's going to be okay. And there's another moment, another great moment where Joey goes, you know, we don't have to do this. And Rachel goes, yes, we do. Yeah. Now, the reason why that is great and the reason I think that is great is because no guy would be asked, would be said that to them. Yeah. No guy would say to another guy, oh, mate, we don't have to play poker if you don't want to. Yeah. If they just got that call, right. it would be like, "Buck up, get let's, back in, let's play poker." Yeah. Let's get it a would, beer, it let's would play. be yeah, yeah, it would be let's get wasted yeah, instead. Right. You know this classic kind of externalizing negative coping behaviors <laughs> yeah. that we make men do. Um, no one would say that to a, a, a man. 
So I think it's great that, yes, they've said that, you know, it's still that kind of, and Joey's being his classic kind of, um, we call it like ambivalent sexism, which is where it's sexism, but it's not hostile. It's not, no. I hate women. It's women are precious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. And so she, she's he's, like, he's, 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 he is meaning yeah, well he's, in his own head, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, and I'm sure, you know, many viewers probably looked at that and was like, oh, sweet. thanks, Joey. Yeah, yeah that's sweet. <laughs> yeah. But Rachel says, no, no, no. I, I'm all right. Let's play. And, and I, really I think like that's that because, a really great moment. Yeah, and she doesn't explain it. She just says, yes, we do, and they yeah. move on. It's not, they don't, they don't <laughs> She doesn't stand up and go, I'm a strong, yeah, yeah, confident exactly. woman and exactly. I want to play poker. It's just, and it, it's, yeah, and that's what that's when it can be most powerful is when you embed it naturally into the narrative yeah. rather than making a thing of it. Actually, that's sometimes more powerful because everyone was probably going, oh, wow, okay, good on her. Yeah, She's yeah. just had this big news because we all know how much she wanted that job. Yeah. She was like was absolutely beside break, herself it, when yeah. she got the letter. Yeah. Um, you know, the mothership is calling you home <laughs> yeah. and that kind of thing. So basically we have this final, we have this final uh, hand, yeah. which is just brilliant. I think it's brilliantly written. It's brilliantly acted. It's brilliantly delivered. And it all builds to that pivotal moment where we have, um, so Monica checks, uh, Joey checks, Ross goes in for 50 cents. Same from Chandler, same from Phoebe, same from Rachel. And then she raises $5 yeah. and Ross says, I thought the limit. And she's like, well, I just lost a job. Yeah. Um, which is the kind of anti-feminist yeah. movie because she's then using it to play on everybody. Yeah. But the other, well, it's kind of anti-feminist, but it's also you're using whatever tools you have at your yeah. disposal. Um, but against the rules. So I'd be like, nope, it's yeah. a 50 cent limit. I don't really <laughs> so you, care you, about your you emotional problems. Ross, though, yeah. yeah. So anyway, so she raises $5 and then she looks at Ross and goes, loser. And so every, and they do this great thing where all the other friends move away because they know it's between yeah, Ross and Rachel yeah, yeah. now. So Rock, Western showdown. Yeah, and it's beautiful. So then we're really into Ross versus Rachel, right? Mm. So he then calls the $5. Yep. He takes one card, she takes two, and then he says, right, I'm in for $2. And she goes, right, I see you're two, and I raise you 20 Yeah. Phoebe's like, what? Charlie looks shocked, blah, blah, blah. And Ross goes, I call you 20 and I raise you 25. Yeah. And Joey does this great bit of physical acting where he like wafts his, his shirt because yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, this is too much for this guy. It's like hot in here. Yeah, getting hot in here. Like it's too much. And Monica's really shocked and like clutching her chest, yeah, clutching so her pearl necklace. You know, she's yeah. really there like, oh, you know, and, and Rachel goes, right, I'll call you 25 and I'll raise you, um, get me my purse. purse yeah. And Monica goes, there's nothing in it. Get me your get purse. Get me your purse. Yeah. So seven, teen and Phoebe yeah. chips in and then the framing and the blocking is brilliant because you physically get girls stood behind Rachel. Stood behind Rachel. Yeah. So you're like, oh, it's back to not just Rachel and Ross, girls. It's tribal, isn't it now? It's, tribal. it's gender tribal. Because then Ross, great line. I'm a little shy. Yeah. Oh, God, you, you can, can ask me. me. Yeah, 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 brilliant. Big laugh. And then, you know, Chandler and, and Joey block behind Ross. So you've got boys versus girls. Yeah. It's gender wars. Who's going to win? And um, he calls the 17. And then Rachel says, full house, yeah. puts them down. And there's this big beat where you have this beat of waiting. And Ross goes, you got me. Yeah. And it's this great moment of victory for the girls and kind of, you know, women everywhere type message. Like, yeah. this is a big, this is the big win of the episode. And they go off and they kind of celebrate. And uh, Charlie goes, oh, I thought we had them. And Ross goes, well, you don't have the cards, you don't have the cards. But look how, how happy, happy she is. She is. Yeah. You know, and it's a bit of me that's like, I've been that guy. I I was I was crying, taking out my future wife's hair, yeah, you know, clips. Right. But it's a really horrible saccharine moment. But it really kind of this is why for me it really ramps up the I think something's gonna happen between these two guys. Because this is six episodes before Rachel finds out. So yeah. it's it's slowly sowing the seeds. So it's really, really great. Um and then he goes, look how happy she is. And Chana and Joey are like, uh, did you throw it then, like in their minds, and run That's to grab the, the cards? Gr yeah. Fun fact: Ross was never going to win that hand. Okay. Because there's a shot where you can see his cards. What before he? Yeah. Calls. So there's a there's a shot where it's I think it's before the two dollar bet, right? Where you can see he's got a three, a king, a six, and a queen. <laughs> Which is what nothing. Nothing. Yeah. You can't do anything with that because the most he could have there is if he had another king, yeah, he'd have a pair of kings. And even if he threw another card away and got a king, yeah. he'd have three of a kind, which is lower than a full house. So they make this you know, whole big deal about he's thrown the game because he's chivalrous and he loves Rachel. 
he was never going to win. Never going to win. Fun fact. There you so go. If you always thought it was, you know, he's never going to win. Oh, so it's is... a really big, lovely comic payoff, I think, in terms of, uh, you know, this whole building and the, and the kind of, uh, you know, the lines along the way. There's a really good kind of emotional payoff for anybody yeah. really invested in that kind of story and the narrative. And I love it when the friends do the gutsy emotional bits yeah. of the episodes. I'm a real sucker for that. And it's got a great feminist payoff. Because the girls win. And they were able to win a hand of poker. And it's great. Lovely. What a lovely arc. Yeah, it's really, I really love it as an episode. And the more I watched it, the more I thought, oh, actually, I really love this episode. And and it's a great, great, we're right in the peak of Friends, just great gags as well. It's such a good gag heavy. I think it's, yeah, I really enjoyed, and believe me, I watched this a lot. <laughs> I was very, very obsessive about it. And uh, yeah, my, my wife was like, oh, we another, watched this a lot, haven't we? Another of Chandler's lines that I did enjoy was, I get my yayas from Ikea. Yes, <laughs> you, yeah. You, know, you, have, you to have to build, build them yourself, yourself but they cost a little yeah. extra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> should, we, should we do the quiz, Pete? Oh, God. Yes, let's do the quiz. Do you know what? I, I, what do you think? Looking at these questions, Pete, I think we've referenced at least three of them. Yeah, which is... I, I feel like yeah, I feel like you're quite a, far along the line already. Yeah. Well, I made I made I I made a point of shutting my notes on the episode, so anything I mentioned was from memory. I want to make that very clear. Great. I wasn't That's cheating. Good. That's good. I'm very very keen to. Oh God, I'm let's, so let's, uh, nervous. Let's quick fire the lightning round. <laughs> Question one. Yeah. Why did Phoebe throw away two jacks during the first game of poker? Because they didn't look happy. They didn't look happy. Great. That is a great yeah, line. It's a really great line. Really lovely line. And it, again, it shows this, it was emphasising this, the girls don't know they, what they're doing. Yeah, they they're understand. doing it completely ridiculously. Yeah. And they're, you know, they're sensitive yeah. because they don't like the fact that the jacks don't look happy. And the jacks don't look happy on cars. She was, she was right. <laughs> uh, question two. What are the friends whistling as they stuff envelopes with Rachel's resume? They are whistling the Colonel Bogey March, they which are, is a it. song. I would uh, never know that was the name. No, of and I, and you would if you put the subtitles on, which I did. Is that? Uh, and it says whistling Colonel Bogey March. Um, and I was going to look it up anyway because it's a song from Bridge Over the River Kwai, I think. Oh, is that where it's from originally? Yeah. Well, it, no, it's like a wartime yes, whistling, a, let's yeah. beat the well, Nazis. Hitler's song. only got one yeah. ball, isn't yeah, it? That's the, exactly. the, the playground. And then lyrics. it's used in Bridge Over the River Kwai. But yeah. I did, yeah, I did look it up and it does say, and it says, um, interestingly, when, they're, when they uh, win, the, Phoebe and Monica do this weird, like, celebration. Hand movement. Hand movement and noise. And they're like, and it just says, Monica and Phoebe scatting. Oh. So I don't know what that means because they're not going like, which I would have loved to have seen in celebration, Rachel and Monica and Phoebe (laughs) just scatting properly. Question three. What is the name of the girl Ross has recently been dating? Linda. Linda. Yes. Poor Linda. She can never compete with Rachel. I think you've already answered this one, so uh, I think you're guaranteed a point here. Aunt Iris pretends she hit who with her car? Tony Randall. Tony Randall dead. I mean, he's dead now. Yeah. He is. Yeah. Not from that car crash. Not from the car crash. That was nothing. He's just died. Yeah. And then question five, another one you've already referenced. It's going to be a full house unless you miraculously forget the food that Monica serves at the poker game. Yes, salmon roulettes and assorted crudités. Salmon roulettes and assorted crudités for a full full house, ironically. Yes, exactly, (laughs) the hand Rachel Vincent. Yeah, I was so, oh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy that I can go in on the non-existent leaderboard, you know, with a five out of five. And I memorise so much stuff. And because there's a bit, there's quite a lot in the end sequence when they're playing Pictionary, which is great. Because Chandler goes... Airport 75, Airport 77, Airport 79. And she's like, bye, bye, birdie. And there's a great Phoebe line where she goes, that's a bird. And Monica looks at her and she goes, that's a bird, like that. Um, and then they get the uh, the unbearable likeness of being, being, just from just, being. Just yeah, from a exactly. bean. So, yeah, yeah it's... Um, yeah, oh, good. I'm so glad I've given a good account You've of myself. You've given an excellent account of yourself. You're top of the imaginary leaderboard. Yay. Thank you for coming on Friends with Friends. Oh, it's it's genuinely been such a pleasure. And I've loved talking about the episode and what Friends means to me and I'm sure so many others. And uh, yeah, I just, and you know, you've talked about the fact that you're going to get to the dregs at some point. I'm here for the dregs. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to fulfill dreg requirements. You'll get the so, call. Dregs, yeah. Um, thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Dr. Ben Hein, thank you. Uh, 
And that's your lot, because uh, it's Christmas and we're going to do Christmas stuff. Uh, back in the new year, though, probably. Um, I was going to say, aren't we Pete? But Pete's not here, so he will not reply. Aren't we Pete? See? Uh, anyway, uh, in the words of Phoebe, please tell Joey Christmas will be snowy. Uh, see you in 2020. Bye! Great big ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. (laughs) (laughs) You will be right. (laughs) Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like... You know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> this was like wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, <laughs> yeah, you, you were different. Like, you were real different, bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected yeah. things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.